Hello, everybody. This is Bill Cameron from The Drive. Podcasts of The Drive are presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors, now hiring for great-paying, skilled trade positions. Call 334-209-6355 to learn more. Thanks for listening. The following is an Auburn Network production. Live from Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. And online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome into the Tuesday Drive. Hope everybody doing well. A chilly Tuesday here in the uh, uh, in, in the Auburn area, and it ain't gonna be chilly tonight. It's gonna be cold. It's gonna be sub freezing tonight. Ooh. Dan's got his shorts on. He's ready for it. Well, I will he and not. Jason be. Caldwell gonna. You know, hang out by the pool. I, I don't expect to be outdoors much after <laughs> 6 p.m. Uh, tonight. But uh, if you're uh, if, if you're going to be, I, I think there's there's a chance that the walk to my car, uh, you know, it's going to be chilly then. Yeah, it will be. That, that's that's probably just about the last one. And you're right. Going to get under 40 uh, in time. Gonna for, get under. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Going to get in four. Going to get under 40 before, uh, you know, like right right after sundown uh, tonight, and then uh, it, it's going to be uh, below freezing at sunrise tomorrow morning, and then I know the the, the Wednesday low. Is uh, is twenty nine? Yeah, that's overnight. That's that's, tom- that's the overnight tonight into tomorrow. Right, and then and then t- I think it's supposed to get pretty cold tomorrow night as uh, well. Not, so not nearly as oh, is that cold. Right? For, okay, for the late night game for that eight fifteen tip tomorrow against Virginia Tech. I think it's only going to be around thirty five. Only okay, only so, thirty five. So, so if you're if you're going the coldest night. If you're going tomorrow night to Auburn Virginia Tech, I would say brace for very cold weather after the game is over. Yeah. Because it's still going to be probably in the it'll it'll be in the probably low forties. It'll be sub sub forty possibly yeah, uh, around to, forty maybe tomorrow tomorrow night. So yeah. so get ready for that. And, and like you said, Bill, an eight fifteen tip as well, which is uh, in service to ESPN as as they've they've got the they that's got, that's rough with it being with classes going on. Right, the last last week of and last some, week of classes. Someone in the central, not that, not that a lot of students are going to worry I, about that. I, I, w- I would think that ESPN wanted to avoid giving someone a nine fifteen local time tip, so it was somebody in the central time zone that would have to get this eight fifteen uh, tip. And, and and Auburn is the team uh, that draws it for tomorrow night's matchup against Virginia Tech in the SEC ACC Challenge, which we've got. Didn't talk uh, much basketball. No, on, no, on no. We didn't. Show. We didn't talk much other than uh, the Iron Bowl yesterday. Uh, but yeah, you got Auburn, Virginia Tech as as one of a lot of uh, uh, compelling matchups between the SEC and the ACC going on. H- have there been any games in it so far? Does it start tonight? I think it starts tonight. I think it starts tonight. Yeah, the marquee game tonight, uh, Kentucky and Miami uh, mm-hmm. for, from Rupp Arena. Uh, that game on ESPN uh, right right after our show is over. Clemson is at Alabama. That's the other uh, ESPN game uh, tonight. So so you can catch a, a doubleheader with some uh, some pretty compelling matchups there in, in the SEC ACC challenge. Yeah, uh, and 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 the. Uh, the voice of the Auburn Tigers, Andy Burcham, going to be joining us a little later on this hour. <clears throat> so we will uh, we'll preview Auburn, Virginia Tech. We'll obviously uh, look back, as painful as that may be for some, at Saturday. If you didn't get a chance to, to join us yesterday and you want to air your feelings, your opinions um, about anything, but especially the ball game on Saturday, We'd love for you to join us. Again, 
Uh, Andy will be in here in a little while. And it's Bill and Dan, Drew at the controls, here on the Tuesday edition of The Drive. Let's see. Uh, um, we, we talked briefly about, we, we, we sort of, while we were talking about the Iron Bowl, we talked about Hugh Freeze meeting with the media yesterday. And one of the things he was discussing was the transfer portal and roster management, which is so difficult. We, we talked about it a little yesterday. Already have seen a couple of Auburn defensive linemen announcing that they are uh, going to enter the portal. Now, the portal, uh, they, they cannot officially enter the portal until Monday. But, but that's a technicality. That's right. Player but but players, can, players all over are going ahead and releasing on social media their intention to enter the portal. Yeah, play, players can announce on social media that they're going to be in the portal the moment that, that the portal opens up uh, next week, and, and you're not – you're not really breaking any rules by doing no. that. No, I guess I guess if you open up your recruitment before you're officially in the portal, that is seen as tampering. You know, in, in the case that I if guess, you, but if you what 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 if a player says I'm going in the portal and contact somebody, what do they do? I can't talk to you until Monday. I think officially that's the response that you're supposed to get is that you know I don't know if players are supposed to be reaching out to anyone uh, you know about you know about their recruitment. And I, I don't think that they're supposed to be uh, receiving uh, contact from anyone until they're officially in the portal, but players can make it clear uh, that they're, you know, mm -hmm. wh when the portal opens up, they'll be open for business. And you could also, I guess, make make it uh, clear to the fans of your current program uh, that you're going to be, uh, you're, you're going to be departing. And, and do we, do we have names on uh, Auburn yeah, players? Yeah, Sledge, Sledge yeah. the uh, redshirt freshman from Louisiana. It's a pair of 300 pounders, both defensive tackles and Steven Johnson, the um, freshman, Big freshmen from the state of Georgia have both announced or, or released their intentions to enter the portal. And that sort of prompted me to uh, adjust the depth chart, trying to, um, you know, do an early look at the the depth chart. One of the things I thought it was interesting yesterday. Can, can I ask before, how much did either of those guys play this year? Uh, Sledge may have been in. A game or two. Yeah, I'm, I'm wondering how much we saw. Steven Johnson did not Sledge. play. Yeah, and did Steven not Johnson play. didn't play, which, which um, is maybe part of the reason why they're both oh, looking yeah, for. Oh, yeah, and that's understandable, yeah. and you're going to see that all across the country. Uh, no, I wasn't about to go through the depth chart. Uh, I, I was saying about to say one of the things I thought was interesting yesterday when, when Coach Freeze was talking about roster management, he said, right now you don't know if you have 22 or 32 spots. And when I looked at it, it's like, well, gee, when I look at the scholarships that I, that I that I have on my little depth chart, I show twenty two. So it's like, I, I think he may have he may have taken a look at the roster just to have an idea. But that I think that's a that's a, a very valid point, in that uh, you could say right now without Johnson and Sledge, Auburn has sixty three scholarship players who probably or could come back. Who are um, who are you who taking? Possibly could come who's, back. Who's not on the list? Of I didn't the put Marcus that's, Harris that's, on the sixty-three. Okay, okay. I didn't put Oscar Chapman on the sixty-three. I think those and are the are only. I think those are the only guys that are not um, th that that are players that would be normal fifth-year seniors or anything like that. That I didn't put on I, the list. You know, with the players with eligibility remaining, I don't know. I mean, there there was a time a couple of years ago pre NIL where I would have been fairly certain about. A few of Auburn's upperclassmen going to the draft. I'm, I mean, I, I would think Marcus Harris 
is, is going to try to start an NFL career soon. You, you look and, and Keontae and DJ have been uh, players in the secondary with. Well, with Keontae L- is just a fourth year guy coming yeah. up this year. So he's technically a junior about to be a senior. So I still have him on there. That doesn't mean that he won't leave. And I saw today that he has gotten a senior bowl invitation. And the senior bowl generally doesn't invite players that, that they don't think are likely to accept and bypass the remainder of their eligibility. And, that, and that's a new rule for this year, that the Senior Bowl right. and other postseason uh, uh, all-star games are now allowed to extend invitations to... Draft-eligible underclassmen. Yeah, to underclassmen who have declared for the draft. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think that that's... Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm curious to see... I mean, obviously there's a lot of attention on who Auburn is going to go pursue in the portal, but of the players on the roster who have a decision to make about the NFL draft or have a decision to make about whether or not they want to continue their college football career at Auburn, uh, like I, I think that you know that that's that's just as compelling over the next couple of weeks to find out what Hugh Freeze is going with. Oh, it's going to be really interesting to see. I mean, who's left uh, on the roster here after the portal opens and players make decisions about their e- either uh, moving on professionally or uh, looking at other schools. So, so yeah, it, it's going to be very fluid. There there are so many players already, as I said, that are that are letting it be known that they're going to be in the portal, and it's just going to. It's going to grow tremendously here over the next uh, next week or so. All right, uh, again, so we'll we can take a look at that again. Uh, we're we're uh, tell you what we'll do. We'll we'll get to a break early because uh, the voice of the Tigers, Andy Burcham, joining us here in the studio. We want to have as much time with him as possible. We'll get to our first break of the afternoon. Love for you to join in on the drive hotline presented by Skybar. That number, 334-321-1390. You can also text the show, 334-564-1840, on the Drive text box presented by our friends at Southeastern Industrial Contractors. Uh, and, uh, they also sponsor the podcast, available however you listen to podcasts. So we'll get to our first break of the afternoon. Back with Andy Burcham, and you love for you to join in as well here on the Tuesday Drive. Inspired by the bold bison, Southern Union on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive here on this Tuesday afternoon. 415, Bill, Dan, and we are joined by the voice of the Auburn Tigers. Andy Burchett, Andy, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, thank you. Awesome. Getting ready for a big one tomorrow night, late tomorrow late night. Late tomorrow night, that's right. Auburn and Virginia Tech tomorrow evening at 8.15. Our coverage begins. We'll do a 45-minute pregame. Tomorrow. Oh, wow. So we'll go on at 7.30 on Wings 94.3 tomorrow evening. Oh, that's good. Uh, give us, uh, you know, Virginia Tech, uh, not not one of the glamour names of the ACC, but uh, they, they appear to be pretty solid. Four and two on the season, got beat most recently by Florida Atlantic, and pretty soundly. The game was closer than the final score indicated, I think Florida Atlantic pulled away late in that ball game. Here's the thing that impresses me about Virginia Tech. Even this late in a season or early in a season, when's the last time you saw a team that shot 80% or better from the free throw line? Uh, not <laughs> exactly. Not, okay. not, yeah. uh, not very often, no. They're a very good shooting team. They will shoot the three and frequently. Well, they've got two or three guys that shoot it very right. well. They, their all-time leading three-point scorer 
at Virginia Tech is on this team, Couture. So they, are, they will test Auburn from the perimeter tomorrow night. I think Auburn is more athletic. I think Auburn is deeper than Virginia Tech. What concerns me about this, and I was listening to Daryl talk before we went on the air, uh, he, he, he is convinced that this is going to be a solid, convincing win for Auburn. Okay, I hope, they, I hope he's right. If this team gets hot from the three-point line, though, they can oh they they can they can keep it close exactly absolutely exactly or that, more that, than keep it that close. is what concerns me although it doesn't concern me as much as it would a year ago yeah that, because, this is going to be interesting a year ago it was tough for that Auburn team to keep up until it found its rhythm mm-hmm. and it did that at Tennessee it did that at West Virginia and had chances late in both of those games but this is also a Neville Arena where Auburn doesn't lose non-conference games right. And it is a home crowd that Auburn will be playing in front of. And this is Virginia Tech's first true road game of the season. So there are lots of things in Auburn's favor. I'm looking forward to this one tomorrow night. I I think this is going to be a a, a very – and it starts a really interesting stretch of games for Auburn because after tomorrow night, then Auburn goes on the road to Appalachian State for a noon game on Sunday. Mm Mm-hmm. So folks will be getting right out of church and getting to to the, to the game. It's already a sellout there. Uh, Auburn then goes and plays Indiana a week from Saturday at State Farm Arena in Atlanta, which I, I'm fascinated by that matchup, Auburn and Indiana. I don't think they've played since the Bobby Knight where he slammed the, the yeah, phone down, so. right? No, I, I mean, Sonny so. was still the head coach yes. at that time. And then Auburn goes to Huntsville for a midweek game against UNC Asheville, and that game's already sold out. It's been sold out. For a long time. I mean, right. people, people are calling me, hey, can you get me a ticket? <laughs> no, I can't. I don't have tickets for that game. So I'm, I'm looking forward to these. And I've never been to Boone, North Carolina, for Sunday's game. Never been. Have you? I've, I've been with, with Troy a couple you of have? times. They're, they're in, they're right, in the, I need to talk to you in a break because someone asked me about a place to eat there. I, I've got the, the Italian place. I think I mentioned to you last All week. Right. There's, a, there's right. an outstanding Send me there. a text right now what it is. I, I will get you, I'll get you, I'll get, I'll get you there because Troy, Troy's gone a couple of times. Yeah, I've, I've, uh, now I've we've, never been. I, I'm looking forward to being there. I'm looking forward to seeing what this gym's like. How much? How many? How many does it hold? It is in. The, I want to say it's. It's. I would think four to six thousand okay. in, in in that range. I know it they will, have they have signs posted about the elevation everywhere, which we've wondered is sort of a, a Jedi. Yeah, it's a sure. mind trick, you know, yeah, trying to tell yeah. people, oh, be be very concerned about the health. Uh, you know, the, you know the, the the way that it could impact you know your 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 thinking and your your okay. breathing and all that stuff. So no, but it's a it's a cool campus right. and a, and I a look, cool. Town. I look forward to it. But but I'm really looking forward to this one tomorrow night. Being back at home and 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 for, as Bruce Pearl said today, I mean this is an opportunity to represent the Southeastern Conference. It's an opportunity to be an ACC school this week. So we'll see what happens. And and I remember um, Mike Young is the coach yes. at, uh, at Virginia Tech. I, I remember his Wofford team. Yeah, really good Wofford. He, he he brought he he beat Auburn with the Wofford team. Yes, and. Um, yeah. And almost, almost, uh, you know, people forget like Auburn beat Kentucky in that 2019 uh, Elite Eight to go to the Final Four. That Kentucky team got a real scare from yeah. Mike Young's Wofford team earlier in that tournament. It could have been; yeah. they would have had to go through Houston as well. But it could have been Auburn Wofford in the Elite Eight uh, with these two coaches wow. in that, twenty in twenty nineteen. That Auburn team was fortunate to beat New Mexico State in the first game right. of the tournament. 
that year. So there you are. Been talking a lot about New Mexico State lately. Oh, but that's, yeah, that's a, yeah, let's forget that. No, let's we, get away from that. Yeah, we, we, we won't talk about that one. Um, but, but yes, uh, uh, that, that's going to be fun. I, I texted my sister in, uh, okay. in, in Black Mountain okay. for advice because she's wonderful family and everything right, right. there so we'll, we'll, we'll get we'll get some more help for right. andy up thank there. you uh we'd love for you to join in uh well andy i mean basketball is going to be oh. fun tomorrow night we've got uh, we, we've got to look back at at saturday what an effort what a show what what a day it was it was a beautiful day except for the talking, final the talking head song what, what, what a day it was yeah, yeah. that's true if you take away, and granted, you can't. <laughs> no, you never will. You, you take away 32 seconds of that game. It was a fabulous day. The weather was perfect. Mm-hmm. The atmosphere at Jordan-Hare Stadium was as expected. It was phenomenal. Maybe even I mean, beyond. There, were, there were some folks that, that questioned <laughs> that, wondered after the New Mexico State <laughs> game, oh, right. would Auburn people turn in mass and sell right. their tickets? No. I know Tex was a little concerned with some in his section, but – I didn't see – it didn't seem to me as much crimson I agree. as we have seen most times. Right, and typically we'll see some right below us mm-hmm. in the press box, and I didn't, I didn't notice any this past weekend. Um, and then, then it happens, and I've, I've had a couple folks ask me my reaction to it, and we finished our air and sent it to Paul for the postgame. And I sat there for about 15 minutes. One, I knew I wasn't going anywhere because of traffic. Oh, you're right and about it took, that. It took us two hours to get out of the parking deck and get out. I was just – I made a mistake. And I, I spoke to the Auburn Kiwanis Club today. Not that that was a mistake, but I told, <laughs> I told them about this. I made the mistake. I always sit for, for a ball game. Mm-hmm. I made the mistake of standing up for the final for for the touchdown. So it's your fault. It's, oh, I, okay. It I is. mean, are you not? I mean, are are are, are we? Any of us not superstitious in a way? Yeah, and I just I we all stood up in the booth at that point. Well, it's it was it, it because yeah. that was the game. The game was that one play decided on that play, yeah. and we saw what happened, and and then I, it was incredibly disappointing. The, the finish of that game, I felt for those kids. I felt for that staff because they were on the verge of pulling off one of those monumental wins. No question. And it didn't happen for them. And, and then Sunday's weather was perfect. <laughs> it was dreary for it a was. game like that. I, I said it yesterday. <laughs> it was the the absolute yeah. most fitting weather yes, it was. for the day after in Auburn, cold Auburn and wet. Fans. Yes, uh, and Dreary. then I was I was glad we saw sunshine yesterday and today. Yes, so. you know one one thing, and I and I understand why the final uh, Alabama touchdown is is the play that gets gets focused on. It'll be focused on for a long time. We said yesterday on the show, Andy, it, in, as far as as far as going from winning to losing, it's not the kick six because that game would have gone to overtime. I think it's much more like being on the receiving end of the prayer at Jordan Hare, where you feel like you've got a game one unless something inexplicable happens and then the other team pulls off that yeah. inexplicable play and now that you're was a fourth down and, too, now, so. and that was also yeah. a fourth and long uh, that, that Auburn had to convert to uh, to, to win that game against Georgia in 2013 now, that's interesting that that my younger son was was talking about similar finishes and things like that and it wasn't text that brought up the LSU fourth and 
and crazy instead of kick the field goal to win the game to oh, yeah. to uh, Demetrius Bird. I mean, that that's one of those kinds of things. I mean, that's the last one he said. That's the one that that reminded him of because it's the game and they're going to go for it and they're going to, you know, of course, oh, well, Alabama LSU. didn't have Alabama didn't have any choice. Field goal yeah. wouldn't right. do anything. And LSU could have maybe kicked a field goal. If LSU that pass should have probably yeah. kicked a field goal. Like, but even if that pass is incomplete, right? There's maybe a couple of seconds no, left. No, no, that was fourth down. Was was it fourth down? Wasn't I don't it? know. If, I don't know if it was fourth down, but that, but it was. But it, I mean, because it would maybe it was third down, yes. and there was hardly any time a, on the there's clock. There's a question of whether or not they the would time, have had time. By the time, yeah, that you're right. The, the you're question right. was whether they're going to kick the field goal here or go for it. Actually, there wasn't any question. We all thought he was going to kick yeah. the field goal. We're right. talking about the LSU I'm game. I'm talking about the LSU route, game. The last yes. miles. Oh, yes. The, 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 but, but, yeah, this one, I mean, every yeah, everybody knew from, you know, from the time. And, and it was hard to disagree with Hugh Freeze when he said yesterday that when Alabama lined up to punt and they, were, and they punted, the feeling was, we're going to win this game. Yeah. Because I know that Auburn had not um, – the statistics would say uh, Alabama, and I heard somebody say Alabama's defense had bowed up a little bit. Alabama hadn't really stopped Not Auburn really. running the ball. I'd have liked to have seen Auburn yeah. have that opportunity. Absolutely. Even with the three timeouts that Alabama had left, I'd have liked to have seen Auburn try and run that clock out. And then if, if – then try and pin them deep. And, make and if them not, go. Alabama's got to go 60, 70 exactly. yards with not much time. Yeah. And then a, a mistake like the one Alabama made on second down or third down oh, before that touchdown could have been, uh, you know, it could have been compounded even more. You know, something that gets lost in the way the game ended is, and I love your thoughts, Andy, like the, the first two drives or so played out like you were about to see Auburn get blown out, right? Like that was the concern. I mean, I, I, actually, it's, it's not even the, the first two drives. It's Auburn's first two drives offensively, and they're punting. Down are they down seven nothing? Alabama scored on its first. Drive. Alabama scores in the first drive. Auburn follows that up with uh, I think and, it's and scored rather quickly. Another, on yes, first yes, drive. they did. <laughs> and and I mean yeah, you you hear frustration in the crowd when Auburn's second drive goes nowhere. And, and then a, and then Alabama is a there's a penalty flag or you know it looked like it was fourteen nothing. Yeah, there's a ton of pressure on Auburn's defense to come through and turn that game around. The offense you know did its part too, but but that uh. That, that was not a start that filled anyone rooting for Auburn with confidence. No, it isn't. It will stay with us for a while, won't it? Oh, it will. Yes. I mean, there will always be. I mean, yeah. I said, well, Alabama has Alabama has their, you know, punt, punt, Bama punt, their, their uh, kick six. Yeah, they've, they, got, they've been they've doing got 10 fourth years and 31. kick six. And but, not, but. Now we get uh, to it. Uh, but, uh, but Auburn, I mean, it's. It's terrible, and it doesn't make it a whole lot easier to, uh, to to sleep or anything. But Auburn didn't have as much on the line as as those Alabama teams that that Auburn was able to uh, uh, to win. It, it doesn't know, matter. It doesn't very matter. unlikely. <laughs> I know. I know. It doesn't make us feel any better. Uh, three 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 four three two one thirteen ninety. Andy Bertram with us here on the Tuesday Drive. Love for you to join in. We'll it's get be- to our bottom of the hour break here it's, momentarily. It's become the Frazier Show these last couple of days. We're, yeah. we're providing providing counseling <laughs> yeah, right. for people who saw the Iron Bowl and uh, and, and willing to do it. We're, we're listening. We're we're here to we're here to help. Yep. And uh, so so join us here on the Tuesday Drive. 
1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive, 28 minutes away from 5 o'clock here on this Tuesday afternoon. With Bill and Dan, Drew at the controls, and Andy Burcham, voice of the Tigers, here with us. Uh, Auburn basketball tomorrow night, an 8-15 start against Virginia Tech. Uh, now, we, as far as football is concerned, we, uh, we wait until Sunday, and we'll find out Auburn's bowl destination. It's going to be interesting to see um, whether it's Memphis, whether it's Nashville. I guess it could be Houston in the Texas Bowl. Mm-hmm. Uh, at this point, are you hearing? I mean, you, I don't. I I'm not hearing any. I mean, I'm seeing the speculation. Oh yeah, that I you mean, some, sometimes they're just people that s- seem to have that feeling that yeah, it's likely. Yeah. Or or something. It it seemed like it was more Texas last week. Right. This week it seems like it's more Nashville. Maybe. I, know, I don't know. I I know Memphis once Auburn. I know the Liberty Bowl once Auburn. There. It's been what. Nearly 40, 40 years. years. Yeah, ne- nearly 40 years, I believe, yeah. since yeah. Auburn's last Liberty What was Bowl. the last one? Was it the Auburn-Arkansas game? Yes. That's the last time. That mm-hmm. So I, that was after the 84 yeah. season. So I mean, yeah, the, ninth, 30, yeah, the, the December, December 27th, 1984. I saw the associate executive director after the New Mexico State game. and they, They're making no bones about it. <laughs> Oh yeah, they, the, they want the, Auburn the there Bowl. now. Well, I don't blame them. I mean, it's been a long time. There, there's quite quite a few Auburn folks there in uh, that you know uh, northwest Mississippi, West Tennessee area. It, it will be attended well. Uh, and I'll it's, say this: it's a lot easier to get there than it used to be. Oh well, yes, it is. Uh, short, short drive, it's, short drive. It's from, four lane now. Up twenty two. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's lane. great. Short drive from Birmingham for, yeah. for yeah. all the Auburn Birmingham, folks yeah. in Birmingham. Absolutely. I, mean, I, I, I could see why it would be an attractive. Uh, so I, I I could see Auburn going there. I could see Auburn going back to Nashville, where it hasn't played since the Purdue game. Mm-hmm. Um, Which was it would be nice to have a repeat of that. I mean, oh. boy. It, it, I think it's important for Auburn to get a bowl win. I agree. Because, it's well, it's been since that game. That's right. Since Auburn won a bowl game, that Purdue game. That's, am, I, am I wrong? No, no, you're no, right. No, Jared Stidham was the last Auburn quarterback yeah. to, to win a bowl so, game. Yeah, Auburn needs a win. Auburn needs a win in its bowl game. Auburn needs to maintain – Auburn needs the momentum, I think, from mm-hmm. a bowl win going into spring ball. Now, listen, I think – if 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 things go the way that it appears they're going to go from a recruiting standpoint on December twentieth, mm-hmm. and I say appears because we've seen too many times in the past where some oh that that's right just you know, uh, leans exactly. or verbal commitments right are not binding if, Bar- bronze medals yeah <laughs> if if that if that goes the way that that we hope there will be some momentum starting with that right there. Because I think this has a chance, Bill, to be, and Dan, to be one of Auburn's better recruiting classes in quite some time. Oh, I don't think – there's no question about that. I mean, um, Auburn hasn't had a top ten class in, you know, more than five years. The, so. word, we've, the word we've used a couple times is destination, right? Like tur- turning Auburn into a destination for top-tier quarterbacks, top-tier wide receivers in a way that previous coaches couldn't or didn't. Yeah. In recruiting, and, and I think we'll see in the next – it's a very important 
Well, we, we did the math on it, Bill. How many days between now and the, the national signing day in February? It's about 10 weeks. It's almost exactly. I think, I think Wednesday will be 10 weeks. When does the recruiting window open again? Uh, Thursday. All right. One thing that, that Hugh Freeze told us on Tiger Talk last week when we were out at Baumhauer's is he likes to bring recruits in during bowl practices. He likes them to see what a practice mm-hmm. looks like, not just to the Iron Bowl. And that that's an impactful day, there's no question. But also, what what is it like? You know, what, what is it like to watch your position group practice with that coach? How is it? You know, what what is that that coach like? What is that group like as they go through their paces in a practice? And and let's face it, during bowl practice, you're going to see more guys getting work. Without question. I mean, a so lot that, more that's, young guys out absolutely. there uh, doing that as well. No, so. and, I, and I imagine that's really useful because, you know, we, we've wondered, are you going to see coaches who see the bowl game as a hindrance because they have to spend so much time in December on roster management, recruiting, re-recruiting, exploring the portal, things like that. But if you have a bowl game, being able to use that in recruiting by, by sh- being able to use the practice to show high school players or – I mean, portal kids can take visits starting this weekend, I think, as well. Uh, or I guess, no, it would be ne- – this is the last weekend before yeah, the portal opens. They, Mo- Monday, the portal opens, and starting Monday, uh, players in the transfer portal can take official visits as well throughout the month of December. I would think having bowl practices going on uh, would also uh, be useful in trying to lure uh, veteran players uh, who, who are exploring Auburn in the portal. And the, the other thing you can keep in mind – now, this year it's a little, a little bit tighter. The, uh, the, the signing date is a little later – than it was a year ago, but players that sign on the 20th can practice. Those players can go through they bowl can practice. practice. They yes. cannot play That's right. in the bowl game. But they can they can get out and actually get a little practice time in early. So that's another that's another reason why if you're expecting a big signing class or a good signing class of early enrollees, oh you you can get them out there and and have them go through a little uh, preliminary practice. So I, that's that's Really interesting. I don't know how much of it will be Auburn-centric, but I'm expecting chaos in December. I mean, we're hearing stories about the portal and, and some Start, of the stuff yeah, that's you're, out you're there. You're absolutely right. I mean, starting this weekend, I mean, you're already getting na- – because of the transfer portal, and that's one of the things that, that Coach Freeze was talking about. We were talking about yesterday with so many things. You're re-recruiting players. You're talking to your players, trying to – let them know how they stand. You're trying to assess who's coming back. You've got other staff monitoring who's going in while you're trying to recruit. And by the way, come up with a game plan for bowl practice. Did you hear the? Did you hear the Cam Ward uh, rumor going around? So I guess Brock Heward uh, went on ESPN Radio, an ESPN Radio affiliate in Seattle, earlier this week, and said he has heard that Washington State quarterback Cam Ward has. Uh, upwards of it, between five and ten uh, offers of over a million dollars to go transfer to other schools with the portal opening a week from now. You know that that's based on people, and you know, and Brock Heward's not some outsider to college football. Like he's he's connected enough to talk to major players at different programs where he's yeah he's hearing uh, that there could be there could be numbers like that being kicked around. And that's a guy who's not in the portal, by the way. That's a quarterback. That's a quarterback in Washington yes. State. Well, and, and that's what that's what Hugh Freeze was talking about too. You've got tampering going on where people's people are, you know, putting out feelers and going, "Hey, are you interested? If so, here's what we can do for you." And those kinds of things are going on. Now, to follow up on Dan's 
on, on, on what Dan was talking about. Brock Heward said that, well, there's been since a, a post on X by, who was it, Blue Bloods something uh, that, that listed five schools, and Auburn was among them, that he said are interested in Cam Ward. So I'm sure, mm. I'm sure most people would be interested in prolific athletic well, and quarterbacks. Oregon, Oregon State and Washington State, I think, are in a uniquely tough spot to hold on to their players, too, and coaches, for that uh, matter. Washington, yeah, Oregon State's already lost their coach. They've already lost their coach a couple hours after and the I Oregon think, game. I think a good portion of the coaching staff and, and went with. And I think for those two, I mean, for returning players on those two teams, like not to, not to encourage disloyalty, but I would understand why if you, if you came to Oregon State or Washington State to play Pac-12 football and you're looking at maybe moving to the Mountain West – Next year, like I could understand why players, or, or, or just no, the Mountain West is going to move to the Pac-12. That's the way it's going to be. Sure, but, but they're going to call it the Pac-12. You're going to have, but it's going to be the Mountain West plus the two pack. It's not necessarily the, the schedule. Don't yeah. you? Lie? I think that's. Yeah. I think that's the great name. I for, do. For it's, those it's, it's, uh, it's it's probably uh, not exactly what some of those players signed up for. And no. I, I could I could see. I, I'm imagining with Oregon State. I guess they could already go on the portal, but but I would imagine that Oregon State and Washington State will have a uh, will have a tough time. Uh, holding on to it, it, its most in-demand players. Yeah, so you're you're absolutely right, Dan. It's going to be it's going to be crazy, and that is one of the things. I mean, that's just one of the one of the reasons. I mean, people go. Yeah, I mean, look at all the money these guys are making. And and yes, it would be nice to ever think about that. But think of everything you're having to be responsible for right now with with the possibility of of the the movement while you're trying you're trying to add and you don't even know how many numbers you need to add because well, you don't know I I thought I thought Hugh Freeze's response to your question at the press conference yesterday was rather enlightening. Mm-hmm. And because you asked about do you have an idea on the number I know you were asking positions as well as Yeah, total I was just numbers. wondering is there a sure. position of need? Exactly. That, that's sort of my yeah. thought going in, but right. I got a great that was a great it answer. It was a fabulous answer. It was one that I really hadn't thought of from that aspect yet. Because how do you know how many transfers you need when you don't know how many of your guys are going to be transferring out? You know who's going to be leaving because right. of You know who's out of eligibility. Because, exactly. But you don't know how many guys are also going to be leaving for an opportunity to go somewhere else. And then add that to the fact that you, you've got a recruiting class that you think is solid right now, but how much more are you going to need? Well, the in addition t- to the that timing recruiting of class. it is what's so disjointed where you're the portal opens here and, and you're still, you don't have those high school players signed for another Two and a half weeks, right? And uh, if you express interest or get a commitment, uh, get get a transfer in, is that going to affect somebody you've been recruiting for the last year or more? So uh, it's 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 really oh, it's, it's got to be very touchy. It's a it's like uh, mixing uh, hazardous chemicals together. It really is like you make the wrong move, or the, you know the, uh, too much of one, or not enough of another, and it could be. Uh, it could be bad stuff. Speaking of, uh, so we were talking earlier about bowl games Auburn hasn't been to, or right. the, the, the so Auburn has never played in what is now the Texas Bowl. It's, it's had a couple of names: Meineke Car Care. Okay, Aca- yeah. Somebody Academy. asked me, yeah, because it's it's been around for nearly twenty years. Uh, Meineke Car Care, Advocare, uh, Academy Sports and Outdoors, and Tax Act have all been presenting sponsors on the bowl game in Houston. Established in 06, I think shortly after that stadium uh, was built uh, for the Texans. 
and Auburn has never uh, played in, in that bowl game. So that's another one we've heard people linking. The last time Auburn played in a bowl in Texas was the Cotton Bowl following the 05 season. Right, and that, mm-hmm. and that quarterback, uh, Zach Taylor, is now the head coach of the Bengals, which shows you how long, how, how long it's been uh, since. Wow. Uh, yeah, so it's well, been a, no. our, our, our sideline reporter, Will Herring, was the MVP of that game. <laughs> Yeah, that's great. So there you are. Yeah, you know, and and speaking of uh, the, your your broadcast crew, Andy, uh, I I thought uh, one one cool thing about uh, this weekend was uh, Jason Campbell, uh, who won uh, three Iron Bowls as as Auburn quarterback, uh, got to call uh, his first Iron Bowl uh, alongside you, and I thought Jason did a an outstanding job all season, think, but yeah. but uh, but was uh, was especially good uh, during uh, during the Iron Bowl, and he was as distraught as all of us were. <laughs> After that one, maybe more so because as a quarterback, he might have known more about what went wrong and what Jalen Milrow was seeing than yeah. uh, than, than the average person, and so he might have been uh, especially uh, I, qualified to tell us about that. I saw Eli after the game, Eli mm-hmm. Gold after the game. Of course, he called the game for Alabama, and I just walked up to him and I said, "Congratulations!" Just wished him well because he's been through. Oh yeah, he really has a great deal in the last couple of years from a health perspective. And he's like, "Yeah." You, I know what this feels like. <laughs> it was hard to argue with him at that point because he was there in 2010 on the other side of the kick mm-hmm. six call. So he's he's been able these last couple of years that we were talking about it. He's been able to call some games yes. that you don't think of them as improbable victories because Alabama has a chance to win every single game that they play with the roster they've assembled. But because of the way the game had played out, the overtime, uh, the, the win against Georgia in, in the S, in the national championship game. With with the, the long pass from Tua, right? Uh, the twenty twenty one Iron Bowl, and now now this game. I mean, yeah. they're they're maybe the three most improbable Nick Saban victories at Alabama, considering how how you know the, the way the chips had fallen. You know the, the the way the chips were down for Alabama in the moment, and they turn around and win. He he also called the comeback in two thousand ten, and the kick six and thirteen. And, and he and he was there for you know the the Tuberville streak too. So he like sure he, he you know there was there was adversity early on, but but of late, I mean yeah, yeah. they've had some uh, some some real moments of triumph. Exactly. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. That's the drive hotline presented by Skybar. Love for you to join in, Andy, with us one more segment here on the Tuesday Drive. It's time to two one one three nine zero toll free at eight 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 three eight two seven five zero two or email us at the drive at espnau.com. Welcome back into the drive. Final segment of hour number one here on this Tuesday. Bill and Dan joined by Andy Burcham, voice of the Auburn Tigers. Got Drew at the controls. You can join us as well. Andy's here for this uh, final segment. There is, I mean, it's that time of year. There is change. We've talked about the transfer portal, coaching news. You've got uh, new coaches in the SEC at Texas A&M and Mississippi State. The A&M hire would have made sense right out of the gate with Mike Elko, wouldn't it? Sure. They, They were the, you know, as a matter of fact, the most successful Texas A&M was under Jimbo Fisher was when Mike Elko was his defensive. I mean, the strangest thing about the A&M hire was the Mark Stoops thing on, that's Saturday, what I'm on Saturday night. Like that's yeah. the, that's the strange thing. Had this been Mike Elko from the beginning, I think we'd have all gone, "Well, that makes sense." I, well, he was the first name everybody thought, but but the Stoops thing was like, like really, yeah. And then it seems to fall apart, and then boy, it didn't take long then. When I heard for Elko and and I've I've read that that for Elko the the A and M plane was there for ninety minutes, waiting on him to say, "All right, I'm committed, I'm going." Hmm. So, well, I wonder if it it may be because he felt like 
well, I'm not your first choice. I'm going to make you sweat. That, that, that and you, very, you make, I mean, why not? That very well may be. Uh, the the levy to Oklahoma or to uh, Mississippi State is an intriguing one to me. Well, I think that's the kind of hire that they needed to I'm, make. I'm not saying it's a bad one, but it no. intrigues me because it's another. It's it in in one regard, it's like Mike Leach going there. It's an offensive minded guy. It I is. Don't, he's he's not he's not the air raid that Leach was, but he comes from. He comes from that tree. He comes from the Art Bryles tree, and I mm-hmm. think I think, and then and then on top of that, Will Rogers is transferring out. Well, they yeah. enjoyed they enjoyed success with Mullen too, which I guess would be a similar. You know, the hiring of Dan Mullen from the, from that yep. Florida program would be kind of similar to bringing I mean, in Jeff Levy. Mike Mike Leach won some games. Yes, I think he did. I think this is I think this is a smart move by them. He's right. a he's a young. Offensive coach, yeah. then that's the kind of, I mean, they need something to attract players there to Starkville. 334 321 1390. Andy needs some headphones. Yeah. That's, yeah. Un- unless, unless I don't. Uh, no, no, no. That, that's fine. No, <laughs> when I heard, you know, when I heard that uh, AM, I know we got to get the phones, but when I heard AM was thinking about Stoops, I didn't immediately go to Mark as like the as the stoops that AM was thinking about hiring. But it is interesting that they landed on two former defensive coordinators for Jimbo Fisher, right. Mike Elko and and Mark Stoops, who had yeah. both done that for, yeah. and it, it does feel similar to Chiswick after Tuberville, going from Elko, going going from Jimbo to Elko, a guy who had been a successful defensive coordinator under the previous coach. Mm-hmm. Elko's one more at Duke than than Chiswick did at Iowa State, oh, in, in, yes. in those two years. But I, I could see why it, it checks a lot of boxes as as a, a hire that makes sense. Let's get to the uh, drive hotline, and Philip is up. Hey, Philip, how you doing, Bill? Doing fine. Andy, how are you? I'm well, Philip. How are you today? I'm good. Buddy. Good, good. Hey, let me preface this by saying I 110% don't think the officials caused the outcome of the game. But, and I don't, Andy, know what you're allowed to say. But Not much. <laughs> I, 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 I think that crew was in over their head. <clears throat> and... The, the the fact that the, the call that was missed early on was missed, I think it turned into somewhat of a um, makeup call situation. And, you know, I didn't recognize any of those guys. I, uh, Bill, as you know, and Andy, you know, I officiated at a smaller level mm-hmm. for many years in three different sports. And I've seen that happen at those levels before. I just felt like it was a shame that that there were so many questionable, controversial calls in a game of that magnitude. I will say it was it was not well officiated all around. Yeah. Uh, let, me, let me just say this. Uh, I can respond really to one thing, Philip. Uh, Auburn has had Jason Autry a couple times this season as the lead referee. Now, I don't know if that's the same crew that always works those games, uh, but I, I recognize that name as the the referee. That, and Auburn, I think, had him at least two or three different times this season. Right. And it's I don't keep up with them near like I used to, but I just didn't recognize that crew. I thought one of the telltale signs was after the face mask or missed face mask. I, I 
when Hugh was, was all over one of the guys on the sideline, he didn't have a word he could respond to Hugh sure. with, or else mm-hmm. he just was ignoring it. Well, yeah. I agree. I I really can't say anything about it. I mean, I I probably said too much during the broadcast, and uh, I I agree yeah, with un- you. Unfortunately, in, in, I don't get to yeah. I don't get to listen to you because of the, I can't deal with the delay on TV. Okay. So, <laughs> well, anyway, I, I appreciate the effort. I don't know. <laughs> what What gets me is you would think Alabama lost the game to, to listen to their fans whining about the official. Yeah. Well, well, but anyway. it, yeah, like I said, I, I, I didn't, I didn't think it was a great job uh, on, you know, for either side. So, yeah, on, on to something else. I guess y'all, I, I, I didn't catch the first thirty minutes of the show, but um, did y'all see the offer to Dylan Gentry from Phoenix City? Yeah, well, I saw him, him post that he was pleased to, to get the offer and. Uh, yeah, I talked to Scott Bagwell. We can talk about him a little later. Andy, great to have you in here again. Going to be a, another busy next few days for you. Look forward to it. We'll be on the air tomorrow night at uh, 7.30. 7.30 for... Uh, for 45-minute pregame. 45-minute yeah, pregame. Starting on Wings 94.3 at yes, 7.30. Indeed. All right, Andy, thanks a lot. We My will pleasure, uh, see you over there. Hour number two coming up. Stick with us. Yellowwood knows the drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome into hour number two of the Tuesday Drive here on this uh, chilly Tuesday afternoon, early evening. It's going to be cold again tonight. Our thanks to Andy Burcham, voice of the Auburn, Auburn Tigers, joining us for most of hour number one, as he does on Tuesdays. And, yes, Auburn basketball back in action tomorrow night. Uh, it's, it's been a while. feels like quite a while. Of course, we had, uh, we had Thanksgiving and we had the Iron Bowl in between. But Auburn, as they're part of the, AC, the SEC-ACC Challenge, hosting Virginia Tech tomorrow night at 8.15 over at the arena. And uh, uh, again, as, as we mentioned there at the end of the first uh, hour, 7.30 with a four, so a 45-minute pregame. That's a long pregame in basketball, Dan. 45? Yes. Yeah, 45 is, you know, that's, that's, uh, that's running, a little bit of, running a little bit of clock there. But, you know, they've, they've got a lot to talk about with this team. It's been nearly a week. Yes, it you has. Know, we, we were talking about that off the air earlier. It's been, it, it will have been eight days because it, they played last Tuesday. And Virginia Tech will have played three games since Auburn's last basketball game, which, you know, you, you wonder uh, if, if that's kept Virginia Tech fresh, if Auburn will have to deal with uh, rust or, uh, or any sort of um, – uh, any any sort of uh, setback to having been inactive for a week uh, before they take on Virginia Tech. Granted, these games haven't gone great for Virginia Tech. Lost by thirty to FAU the last time uh, they took the court, but still uh, they've they've played three uh, three three games against real real opposition since uh, uh, since the last time Auburn played. We'd love for you to join us here in hour number two of the uh, of the drive. And the second hour, as usual, brought to you by the good folks at the Orthopedic Clinic, East Alabama's go-to center for orthopedic care, with locations in Auburn and Opelika on the web at orthoclinic.com. And how can you join us? Well, you can give us a call on the drive hotline presented by Skybar. That number, 334-321-1390. 
You can also text the show, 334-564-1840, on the Drive text box presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors. And they also sponsor the podcast, available however you listen to podcasts. Just search for The Drive with Bill Cameron on your favorite podcasting platform, Apple, Google, Spotify, or go to ESPNAU.com and use the Podcast Center. And let's get right to the phones, and Jeremy gets us started. Hey, Jeremy. Yeah, hey, guys. I, I appreciate your, your segue into basketball, but I'm just not going to let you do it tonight. Um, <laughs> the, uh, y'all talked to Andy a little bit. We we talked about it last week, the start that we would need to get off to Saturday. I, I, am, I was shocked during the game, the way that the game played out but especially the way that it started, that we were able to stay in it mm-hmm. the way that we did. Um, because, look, if you people – I've seen that officiating crew before, and we can, we can have a whole show dedicated to officiating and things that they need to do to fix that. But that holding call is not a holding call you always get with those guys in, in Crimson. Um and if if they don't call that holding call, oh, and it's man. fourteen it's to nothing, 14? yeah, I I I, I I I just don't think we have that kind of finish. No, no. Um, who I don't know if it's been brought up. I don't know if anybody has asked Coach Freeze the decision to bring every kickoff out of the end zone on Saturday. Night. It's amazing. We were just talking about we, that during we, the commercial break. We absolutely break. were during the break, and and I I said yesterday. That I was going to ask that, but I think I think three was the limit of questions asked by any one person. Microphone that folks have, are given would have been looks. would have been my next question because yes, uh, that last one, uh, I know there it would have only saved six seconds and ten yards, but but still, you, need, you needed six seconds and ten yards. You're right. You needed every second and every yard possible. But uh, I, I know I know Brian had he had some success early in the year bringing some kickoffs from deep. But Will Reichert was kicking the ball deep and high, and I, uh, and 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 you know I, I guess his best kick return was the very first one. He got to the twenty-four. Well, and all the more all the more reason to for somewhere like after after the second one that you bring out mm-hmm. and you don't get very far, someone on that staff needs to say if if that ball's gonna make it if it's not just an absolute line drive kick to you let it go that's right call it call, call fair catch and be done like we're done returning kicks we you took we let you we let you take a couple of chances we're done um i i couldn't i could not understand that no i uh, i i voiced that opinion to uh to the folks near me in the press box saturday a couple of times that 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 was really the only the only thing that, that just consistently all night. Like I, I just I never understood what we were trying to do. Um, we were able to make them kick field goals. Um, you, you know, you start talking about ways that you stayed in the ball game because you look at the stat line. There's no re- there's no like if you look at the stat line, there's no way you think that we've got the lead with 30 seconds to go in that ball game. No, if, if anything, uh, well, if, if if anything, I was thinking, you know, something that would give Auburn hope at halftime turnovers would be that Alabama. No, that Alabama. I mean, it was scored halftime was seventeen fourteen. Yes, it it could have been 
it could have been larger in favor of Bama, right? That's what it the could have the been, but then, but then you feel like it probably if, should have been 14-10 Auburn. Right, if Auburn doesn't give it that touchdown at the end, we were thinking it's, it's amazing that after a couple of, of promising drives, Bama had just the 10 points. They get the the touchdown mm-hmm. there at the end. But even even so, the game hadn't been a, a game with a, with just a three-point edge for, for Bama at that point. And, uh, and, and, yeah, I mean, I think that, that Auburn, you know, they, they they did their part for as long but as, but that uh, that's what you get though when you when you play that defense that gets tougher and tougher, the further you get down the field. Auburn, you know, sure. Auburn doesn't mind giving up yards between the twenties. Not that they want to, but they'll do that much more easily than they will when you get in the red zone. Um, the the only other thing I know y'all talked a little bit about it yesterday. The sequence down on the goal line where it was first and goal at the five. Yep. I don't I don't have too big of a problem with the play calls. I don't like the sequence. Understand. If yep. If if you're if if you're in a spot where you're if you think you're gonna go for it on fourth down down there, you've got to run the ball. You run it on second down, you throw it on third down. Uh, is that is that, that that's that, at least that's more what I would think. Well or or even run, or you run, run it on second, you run it on third. And you, and you run it on third. Yeah. Like you're, you're just trying to get the ball closer. Well, the thing is, they had the play and they had the pass on second down. You've got the touchdown. So, I mean, it's hard It's hard to say, well, you shouldn't have done that when the ball, you know, hits the receiver in the face mask. That's, that's true. Um, but one, once you're there, I think you've got to throw the ball on third down as well. Like, yeah, that that you, third third down under center just handed it up the middle. I mean, um, I, it, it would have been great do, to think I, you're going to push him four yards, but uh, I, I, I do I do honestly think that he thought we might could get two or three yards there, yeah, and have fourth fourth and goal from the two. Um, but you know, I, like I said, I I just the sequence I didn't like. Like I, I don't have any, I don't have too big of a gripe with the actual calls themselves. No, I, I don't have any, I don't have I don't have a problem with the play calling Saturday at all. No, no, it, it was hard to it, it. We 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 did everything we could, and it you know it just it worked out the way it did. Yeah. Um, sometimes 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 football happens, and that's that's just the way it goes. That's right. Um, all right, guys. Appreciate it, Jeremy. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety and Spectre is next. Hey Spectre. Well, hello guys. Uh, tried to get in yesterday, but couldn't get in. Uh, uh, it's good to hear from you. An- uh, yeah, I missed Andy's first hour. I want to. I guess I'll go back and review that. Uh, man, my voice has been gone since Saturday, but let me well, I, if I, I get through with this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was watching the game with the guys and still with, ah, oh Lord. And uh, I said, well, this look, this is looking good, guys. This is looking good. But in the back of my mind, I kept saying, oh, Lord, please do not, I'm talking about the coaches, do not do anything to screw this up. And Jeremy brought up one of that, one of the things about running out of the end zone on the kickoff. Uh, I don't understand that. And on the muff punt, Coaches should have told him, don't even try to attempt to catch it. Just let it go. Well, if, if you actually, if, if you were that concerned about it, then don't even put anybody back there. Just uh, just well, play, just yeah, play think, punt I think, safe. I think Auburn was worried that if you if you let the punt go and you start that drive on your own five yard line or something, the because, ball would have had to have rolled twenty five yards. Right. If, if, yeah, if, yeah, you, yeah, if you if you if yeah. you get pinned if you get pinned deep 
it makes it tougher to do anything but run the ball three times and punt. Like I, I sort of get, you know, why they're thinking. I it, guess, but it's not. You're you're right. I mean, it's 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 certainly up for up for debate. But I'm I'm thinking maybe they were worried about the the downside of of letting the ball go. Uh, of course, the downside of not fielding it cleanly is that I, Alabama gets possession. Right. I agree with Bill Dan. The ball ain't gonna roll it for. But I mean that's hindsight again. I mean you've got you've got a couple you know, of guys that that you feel confident in them catching the punt. What you don't know, yeah. what you never can account for, is somebody loses his footing as the ball's coming down. The unpredictability yep. is part part of the uh, part of the reason we're watching this stuff. You know, I hear all about this hindsight stuff, and, and yeah, yeah, it's easy to say. But you know, when you see a play develop and you call a timeout, like with okay, we on the. They're on the 26-yard line, and, uh, of course, they get penalized for over, over the line of scrimmage and take it back to the 31. But he sees what their offense is set up to do. Okay, obviously it's going to be a Hail Mary. All right, you call a timeout. All right, on the third down play, you rush three guys. Well, he scrambled out and threw it on, on his on his left side of the, of the, of the field. Okay. It was an incomplete pass. Of course, he was over the line of scrimmage. All right, go back to the fourth down, and you're putting up the same defense. But this time, you're not rushing the three guys. You're only rushing two guys. And I'm, Avante, I mean, he's standing there. I mean, he's like a heat-seeking missile all year long. He's after that guy with the ball, and yet he is told to stand there and wait for him to either go left or right to, to prevent him running out out yeah so the, the two of them you're, you're absolutely right Dan and I looked at that again today and and both Eugene Asante and uh, J- Jalen Milrow are just standing there you know just uh, shuffling their feet a little bit yeah, they're not they're not, not moving yeah. they're just and and that you're th- that was the the absolutely most frustrating thing about that play is I would have loved to have seen him make Milrow move. Yeah, Asante in the, in the center. Asante in the center are sort of doing that game where you, you try to be the mirror of, uh-huh. of the other guy. Like, you know, one guy will move to the right. The other guy will move to his left to stay in front. You know, the one guy will move to the and, – and so, yeah, I can understand why that would be, uh, especially considering how, how Asante had played all season. Uh, that was uh, – you know, we, we said yesterday, Spectre, that's a, that's a good call on third and 31 – because you've got to to worry about Milrow picking up extra yardage with his legs, and then making it easier on fourth down, and making yes. it easier on fourth down. But on fourth and thirty-one, it's unlikely that Milrow is going to break the line of scrimmage with the ball. If he does, you feel like you've got seven or eight players who could tackle him before he gets to the end zone. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's fair to, fair to wonder uh, if if that was the best use of a well, of, of one of your eleven say, players. I, I ain't heard anybody else say it. I'm going to say it. Once again, our players have worked their butt off to win a game or, or attempt to win a game only to have a coach call a bonehead call and take it away from them. I've seen this the last two years. I've seen it, I've seen it in Harsons last year. I, well, I've seen it in Harsons. Yeah, you saw it, no, you I saw it in Harsons' first year if you want to talk. I mean, there are people who yeah, picked a player two in the Iron Bowl. Yeah, I saw it. I saw it in his first year. I saw it in his second year when when uh, Cadillac took took over, and now I'm seeing it again. And, and, and Lord, you know, I cannot believe what I'm hearing 
from Freeze about he didn't know or I wasn't aware. That's bogus. What, about the punt returner? Yes. No, no, no. I understand that one. I understand that How one. How do you understand? Because he's over he's over talking to the offense when the punt when the punt team goes on the field. He's he's talking to the offense about what they're going to do. And I'm not sure I'm not sure based on the way they've used Coy Moore as a punt returner this year if the plan changes going from Keontae to Coy. Like I'm I'm not sure if it I mean it it, it seems like they trusted Coy to to do everything they asked the number 1 punt returner to do. You know, the the criticism I had their specter is it maybe you don't want your starting punt returner and your backup punt returner wearing the same number, which is something that Absolutely. you know they both wear zero, and maybe one of them shouldn't be wearing zero if they're if they're in the same uh, if they if they're both in the in the lineup for special teams plays. And I referenced yesterday on the show the uh, the Florida play earlier this year where Florida had two guys wearing the same number on the field at the same time. This. Let me ask and, you guys this. Let me ask you guys this. Yeah, who's been ca- who's been catching a kickoff all game long in that game? That's still right. Why wouldn't you put Bastille back there? Uh, I don't know that Ooh. he's uh, Batiste? Brian Batiste. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't know if he's returned punts. It's a whole lot different. The punt, and that's the thing. A kickoff doesn't doesn't. Uh, you know, like it's like a foul pop that a catcher is making in baseball. You know, when it goes straight up and comes down, it sort of it 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 uh, it breaks a little bit on the way down. A kickoff doesn't really do that. It's coming end over end and it's coming straight Bri- at you. Bri- Brian Batiste has never right. re- he's never returned a punt. Yes, yeah. college football. So, All right, so, yeah, so. All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna close with this. You, you needs to take a he needs to take a serious look at his coordinators, and not and, and his special team coaches also. And he needs all to three, all three co- him. all three coordinators, Specter. Yeah, glad you mentioned the special yes. teams coach. Yes, exactly. He needs to reevaluate these guys. I mean, they're not making twenty thousand dollars a year. They're making five million dollars a year. Well, they're making somewhere in between that. It's closer to the five billion than twenty thousand. Yeah, that's, that's they're right. not starving. No, they, no, they you're right about they that. Starving, and and, and, I, and and that is that's something we haven't talked about in all this keeping up with roster management. Yes, it's assessing the staff and if there are going to be any changes. And I said this, you know, it's I'd be surprised if there if there aren't changes. I'm usually surprised when there aren't. Are no changes on any staff. Tanner Burns, the staff. Uh, special teams coordinator, Tanner Burns has. Now, now, does he have a pre-existing? Yeah, I believe he played for Coach Freeze at played, Ole Miss. Yeah, played played for Freeze at Ole Miss because I don't I don't mm-hmm. think his um, I don't think Auburn has a bio uh, for, uh, for for Tanner Burns. Uh, I was I was I've tried to find out background information on him before. Well, he's the one coach without a bio on the website. Here, here's 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 a really interesting interesting thing. M- met his father. Oh, was last that right? Week. Yeah. His dad's been his dad's been in coaching uh, at at the uh, amateur and professional level, and is now retired, so he can sort of travel around and and uh, uh, watch where his son is. And he pointed at, he mentioned that that Tanner played for for Hugh Freeze at Ole Miss. Yeah, Tanner was uh, was was on the Liberty staff uh, Freeze's last year mm-hmm. at Liberty before uh, before coming over to Auburn. I believe he was a special teams coach. For, uh, for Liberty last season before uh, making the move. All right, we need to get to our first break of hour number two. Terry, hang on. You're up when we come back here on the Tuesday Drive. Squeeze! 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive here on this Tuesday afternoon, Bill and Dan with Drew at the controls, and let's get back to the uh, drive hotline presented by Skybar. And Terry is up next. Hey, Terry. 
good afternoon, guys. Guys, did I really see that Bobby Petrino is going back to Arkansas? Uh, he is, he, what I saw today was he was being vetted by the University of Arkansas to, uh, to go back there under uh, Sam Pittman. That's, that's, that's unbelievable. That is, I, I, I just, that's, that's surprising. Being a former head coach, now going back, I guess, as OC. Well, I don't think it's going to be easy for Sam Pittman to, I mean, no. I think that, I mean, Sam Pittman's in a unique situation where, you know, he, he's getting an extra year, but his seat is, is extremely hot and, um, I think it's it's tough to lure talent uh, as players or as coaches uh, to that situation unless there are extenuating circumstances. Petrino, um, you know, I, I don't know if you know, I, I don't know if a school bigger than Arkansas would be pursuing Petrino as an offensive coordinator after the season he just had at A and um, I don't know if there's a ton of demand for Petrino as a college head coach at the moment. So, yeah, it's it's. It's a, it's an interesting move, but he's a guy with success, and Sam Pittman needs uh, needs something to uh, to to uh, to endear himself a little bit more to an Arkansas fan base that that can't feel good about the way this season played out. I thought he'd get more of a shot at the NFL level as OC than or some kind of position coach or something than before that happened. Yeah, I mean maybe, but it's been a while since. I mean, Petrino was in the NFL for you know just uh, I mean what was the Falcons? I think his last his, his last uh, dance in the NFL, and that lasted. 12, 13 games before he, uh, uh, before he moved on. Like, I, I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I'm not, I'm, not, um, I'm not terribly optimistic about Arkansas uh, this season, even with uh, adding uh, Petrino. Uh, no, I don't know. Because, I mean, you, you look, at, look at the Texas A&M offense, and I know they had injuries and things like that, but uh, their offense was nothing that made you go, wow, boy, this is uh, – they, they've really turned things around. It sure seems like his offense is, is – Sort of outdated like Jimbo Fisher's was. I mean, I can see why Arkansas would look at the success they had with Petrino in, right. in 10 and 11 <laughs> and think, you know, that this is a guy who could provide them a spark that they're missing right now. But I just, uh, I don't know, that was, that, was a, that was a while ago. I don't know, maybe it's just the pessimism in me, but this has got disaster written all over it. Well, you know, we, we didn't think it was going to be great for Jimbo this year, and uh, uh, it, there wasn't really the explosion or the implosion that we thought would happen there with those two personalities. But, uh, uh, you know, both of them are looking for jobs now. Right. Well, I was talking to a friend of mine today. I heard you, got, well, I heard you guys talking a little bit about the Kevin Elko hire out at, at – uh, or Elko hire out at uh, – Yeah, Mike at, Elko. At, at, Kevin Elko, Elko is, the psych, is the psychologist. Right. Um, <laughs> Mike Elko. Yeah. Um, uh, and I talked to a friend of mine today out there in that area, and he's a little surprised that the UTSA did, coach didn't get a better look. And I think he's along the same lines as, as um, mm-hmm. the guy over at Troy. They're, it's just a matter of time before they do get the right look, the right fit. Yeah, yeah. Je- Jeff Trailer's won a lot at, uh, at UTSA. Yeah, um, I think there's maybe some concern that he doesn't have uh, a ton of experience. I, I know he was at, he was at Arkansas as a, as a running backs coach, but I don't think he's ever been a, a coordinator at at the higher level. And so maybe they would want a little bit more. But but, but no, he's uh, he's done a lot of winning. I I would have been surprised to see. A, a place that sees itself as a football power uh, jump uh, to, to, to Jeff Trailer, But at the same time, uh, I, I saw, I, there were people who were looking at, uh, at A&M and thinking Jeff Trailer would be uh, the best fit on the board because of, of his offensive philosophies and the way he's recruited the state of Texas and stuff like that. I think you're probably right, Terry. It's, it's, uh, it's going to be tough for, for UTSA to hang on to him if he keeps winning like this. Yeah, because he, he's, he's not only winning, he's producing players. 
and it's just a matter of time before he gets a, a better job out of it, and, a, and, a, and a, even maybe a, for the. I don't know what the situation at TCU is now, but um, some people think he's going to end up in a Texas job somehow at TCU, Texas, or Texas A&M, or somewhere like that. Maybe even Rice. Who knows? I, he, yeah, he's he's another guy to keep an eye on. You're right. Yeah, guys, y'all take care. Have a good day. Appreciate the call, Terry. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. Houston doesn't have a coach right now, right? Uh, moving, right. On, moving on from Dana Holgerson, and and uh, that, that's a Big Twelve job uh, in, mm-hmm. in the state. That that I, I, would uh, think, I would imagine. I would imagine you'll 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 see his name linked with that job. I would think both uh, both Jeff Trailer and uh, G.J. Kinney, who has done a good job at Texas State these last couple of years. Uh, you know, had had the win over Baylor earlier this season as the Texas State coach. Uh, I mean, turn T.J. turn T.J. Finley's college football career around. Uh, with the season they had at Texas State uh, this year, I, I would think maybe he's a uh, maybe he's a candidate as well. We'd love for you to join in. We've got about a half an hour left here on the Tuesday drive. We'll go ahead and get to our. Oh yeah, I guess I guess That's we right. do. Uh, we, we'll get we'll get to another call or two. I'd uh, forgotten it on that it's Tuesday. Uh, nearly we we'll have Jake Crane of Crane and Company get his thoughts in the uh, you know post Iron Bowl thoughts, but we'll get to Brett before we get to our bottom-of-the-hour break. Hey, Brett. Hello, Brett. Hey, guys. Um, Dan, I know you're tired of hearing about it, but if you'd have done the after-the-show uh, deal the other night, that show could have gone on for 18 hours at least. We'd still be doing after the game. Yeah, you're right. Right, right now. I, I really believe it would have, and I, I think I would have called 10 times, no doubt. Um, I... I agree with Specter, like everybody else. Well, not a, a lot of people agree with him, but I, I can't imagine a single time in a football game where you rush two unless it's the last play and you're at a position where the quarterback cannot throw it to the end zone. Uh, uh, that's other, two, other side of the 50, you know, and, and, mm-hmm. and, and further back. Right, like is it sort, yeah, sort of thing. Well, well Melrose got a strong enough arm to have to go a long way. But I mean, if they were at their own fifteen, yeah, rush to and leave everybody back. But I know it's been said a couple of hundred thousand times already. But that, that was probably the dumbest thing I've seen Auburn do. And I've been going up to see Auburn games since '69, and I know people will say. I, I, I would agree the most uh, important loss was when they lost to Florida State in my lifetime, but that was the worst loss ever in any sport to me for Auburn, period. End of sentence. Because the, the, the pass, it's not like we kicked it and it bobbled around and they made a great play. We allowed them to score. Yeah, you know, I was trying to think. Yeah, Brett, well, I was trying to think of the most painful regular season losses. Like in, in I mean may, maybe you know I, I felt awful after A and M fourteen, like a, a, the, you know because you thought maybe Auburn was going to be able to to get something rolling and also that felt like a game that was within the grasp of Auburn before it sort of slips away at the end the twenty fourteen loss to Texas A and M you you weren't you weren't around the the Georgia four overtime loss uh, was was. Pretty sick. What, what's the? Isn't there a O two Georgia? There's there's the Georgia the Georgia loss mm-hmm. in in O two with the isn't that a fourth down pass with uh, with with, uh, with with David, David Green. Green yeah D- David yes. David Green in the back of the end zone like there aren't there aren't a ton that are even 
in this ballpark, and those games wouldn't have been the biggest Iron Bowl upset ever or one of the biggest Iron Bowl upsets ever, Brett. No. Yeah, but the Georgia play, Auburn didn't rush two. No, no, no. Alabama won because we rushed two. Well, they he won. The, they, he does not make the throw if he's on the run. No, no, you're right, and I've said that. I, that's that's one thing I've been saying ever since we came on the air yesterday. But Auburn could have still won it if they defended it the way they were supposed to, rushing to. But they didn't. Could have, but they wouldn't have needed to. But it would have been much more difficult. 11 on 10. You're right. Auburn it, played 11 on 10. Would have been much, much, much more difficult for Jalen Milrow to make that throw had he not been able to stand stand basically just tapping his feet until somebody comes open. Well, wouldn't you agree we played 11 on 10 on that yes. play? Because uh, I did as much as Asante did on that play. Now, I'm not blaming him. He did what he was told to do, 100%. Um, yeah, you're right. You're right. Dumbest call in history of Auburn football it, it, by far. Y'all have a wonderful evening. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's the dumbest call in history. Could it become one of the more infamous play calls? It could, absolutely. In Auburn history? Absolutely, it could. Yeah, We'll see what Jake thinks. Yeah, yeah that's right. Jake Crane joins us on the other side. Stick with us here on the Tuesday Drive. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive, final half hour here on this Tuesday afternoon with Bill and Dan. And let's get to the Drive hotline as we welcome in our regular Tuesday afternoon guest, I guess I should say Tuesday evening guest now. And that is uh, Jake Crane of Crane & Company. Jake, uh, have you recovered yet? Man, just uh, brutal. Uh, absolutely brutal. Uh, look, I mean, you gotta got to go through the bad times. That's what makes the good times so good. But, I mean, that's twice in a row. I mean, you let them off the hook. It's, uh, it's tough. It's And it's tough because... And, and, and it's a lot of the same conversation we had for the, t- the 2021 game, Jake. Like, Auburn was overmatched on paper. There were people who thought Auburn was going to lose by much more than the 14-and-a-half uh, that, that Auburn was, uh, was, was uh, an underdog uh, to Alabama. Instead, you get a game that Auburn is leading in the final minute. Um, and, and, it, and it's like, you don't, when you lose a game like that, when you nearly pull off a huge upset, you don't get the credit for competing with a team that was supposed to blow you off the field. And it's, it's almost worse because in individual plays get nitpicked as to why you didn't actually win the game and pull off the upset. So it's, a, uh, it, it's familiar territory for Auburn to be on the verge of beating a, uh, an Alabama team that's in, in playoff contention and in the hunt for the SEC title. But uh, you, uh, you, you don't come away feeling like, uh, like, like you, you know, like, like you, you, you don't have that moral victory yeah, field. Not, it's no, not even about no. moral victory. Well, it's, look, it's, yeah. Look, here's, here's the thing. I mean, uh, and again, if, if you're an Auburn fan, you obviously watch the whole game. The thing that hurts the most is yes, you were overmatched. Like, uh, but Auburn caught most of the breaks that we typically never catch during the iron bowl. I mean, you had you, Auburn state, you had a missed field goal by Will Reichert. You know, you had some bang-bang plays on third down. 
Alabama had a couple touchdowns called back that were penalties. The face mask missed call was bad, but that game went exactly like how it had to go for Auburn to win. It went exactly like how it had to go, and you caught the breaks at the end. And look, there's a lot of plays that cost you the game. You know, it doesn't come down to, to, to single play. But, man, you just think if you can do the simple things. Yeah. If you can catch a punt. Field a punt. Right? If you can stop yep. somebody on fourth and goal from the 31, I don't care who their players are, then you pull off a huge upset in a game that we know what it means in general, but it gives a huge boost to year one. It's a totally different feeling uh, that 7-5 and five with the win over Bama uh, then seven and five, you know, without a win over Bama or without a win over Georgia, you just you feel like you you let one go, and it was because of your mistakes. And and the fourth and thirty one is, uh, you know, we, we just had a caller who, who talked See, about it wasn't it even fourth and thirty one; it was fourth and goal. Fourth and goal. Like you had at the thirty one. Yeah, no, the the and, and Jake the the improbability of uh, of of that play. What what did you see uh, from Auburn on that play? And uh, I mean, it's a it's a Unreal throw by Milrow, unreal catch by uh, by Bond, but a lot of it, uh, you know, a lot of the analysis has gone with uh, the choice Auburn made uh, on on how to defend that and and the way uh, it, it actually went down. Well, and again, look, hindsight's always twenty twenty. I thought Ron Roberts called a really good game defensively. I thought Auburn threw everything possible at him because they just couldn't get there. Right? If you watch that, no, game, right. Milrow did what he wanted, and when there was pressure, Auburn couldn't get him down. They just not. not there's a lot of teams that aren't athletic enough to get them down. Auburn is definitely one of them. So when it's fourth and goal like that, that rushing two, I would only rush two if it wasn't like a Hail Mary or he couldn't reach the end zone, right? Like if they're from their 20 with one play left, then I rush two. You got to go 80 yards, right? But since he can reach the end zone, a lot of times you see with Hail Mary, you know, teams will rush four, but Auburn couldn't get there rushing four the whole night. So you're going to take a guy out of coverage to rush when he's not going to get there because Milrow can, like I said, do whatever he wants in the pocket. Auburn couldn't get him down the whole game. Uh, and Or, to me, I think you rush three. That, that's what I think you do. I, I think you rush three to at least create either a triangle uh, where he can't escape the pocket because I thought they were going to run the, the typical Hail Mary-style play, even though it was from the 31 or the 34, where you roll to one side, everybody gets down there, you throw the ball up. That's what I thought they were going with. But I, I just – the rushing two, I, I, I felt like you should have rushed three. But at the end of the day, you, you cannot have three guys with their backs turned no. when it's fourth and goal from the 34. That can't happen. I don't care if it's three trail. I, the, the word trail should, to me, and again, I, I'm not I'm not 100% familiar with exactly what they called, but I know the end result. It seemed to me like Auburn messed up lining up, number one. There was some late movement in the back mm-hmm. end, like they didn't know what was going on, which is unacceptable after a timeout. It just can't happen, man. Like, that can't happen. Like, you you got to make the routine plays routine, and, you know, you got to give credit to Alabama. But you know what it reminded me of, Dave, uh, or uh, – uh, Bill, it reminded me of that David Green touchdown that they, Georgia scored against. We were just looking night. at yeah. that. Oh, two, just looking at that one. Yep, that's what it, that's what it reminded me of. It just, but man, now you got to go there next year, right? You got to go through that, and then it just the last two times Auburn should legitimately be two and one in the last three Iron Bowls, but that's the difference. 
That's the difference right now. They're able to finish these games, and, and we're not able to. And that Hugh Freeze, I think, is going to get us there. You look at recruiting, yeah, it's great that, it, that it's close, right? You'd much rather it be close. It's just uh, I, I hope he does, man. The, the next question now is, is what do you do at quarterback? I mean, you're, you're right that the, you know, next year Auburn's got road games <laughs> against Alabama and Georgia. I do think it's, vi- oh. it, it's, but it's vitally important the next year you also have an expanded postseason. And I'm not saying Auburn's going to do this. But I think a ten and two team with losses to Alabama and Georgia is still probably making the playoff ne- next year. Depending yeah, Auburn, on, depending Auburn's got to get a lot better though. They got to get a lot better. No, I, I agree. And and we just found out this week that um, assuming the Iron Bowl is is when it's supposed to be November thirtieth, uh, you're going to have Alabama. Yeah. You're going to have Alabama Oklahoma the week before the week before. The, mm-hmm. uh, the, the Iron Bowl. Alabama is, at Oklahoma which, the week which, before, which is an interesting wrinkle to the uh, okay, to the. 20- I, don't, I don't hate that. that that's a, hate an, that. an interesting wrinkle to the 2024 Iron Bowl that Alabama will go to Oklahoma mm-hmm. the week before uh, they, uh, they they play. We'll find out game. the the Auburn Texas game is probably <laughs> that that same Saturday. Or no, we got we got Oklahoma. It could be A and M. Could, could you could you could very yeah, well? Yeah, no, uh, we'll probably we'll probably have to play like some combined version of Ohio State and Michigan, like an all star team. Yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll find they'll, they'll find some way to uh, uh, to to do it. But no, next year's uh, yeah, Globo Gym. I guess that's that's when we get into um, you know where does Auburn go from here because the the portals. Yeah, uh, portals about to explode. I mean, you've already got players announcing coaching carousel starting to yep. starting to heat up. Like uh, you know, it's it's I yeah, guess hey, hey, yeah. I don't I don't want to run out of time. I'd love to get your thoughts on uh, Mike Elko to A and M and then Jeff Levy to Mississippi State. Yeah, look, I, I thought that that was a grand slam hire for Mississippi State. Makes that Egg Bowl interesting, doesn't it? With with Jeff no Levy kidding. being uh, a guy that was with Lane Kiffin. Uh, they, they obviously have a great relationship. I'm going to go ahead and take the over in every Egg Bowl from here on out. I, I'm interested to see where he goes at quarterback. And then Mike Elko at Texas A&M. Look, I get it. I, the sample size isn't huge, but he's looked good. I mean, you know, uh, it's he knows the lay of the land. I don't think it's a bad hire. I think it's a good, solid hire. Uh, just like I think Jonathan Smith to Michigan State is a solid hire as, as well. But, uh, yeah, as far as quarterback goes, man, I wish that Nate Johnson kid from Utah could throw it better. My thing is just at the end of the day with Peyton Thorne, you, you, you run it good, but you don't run it well enough to throw it as bad as you've thrown it in, in this system, in my opinion. But, again, the market, you can only grab what's out in the market. So, if there's better, I think you take a shot. If not, you know, I, I guess you run it back. But he's got to throw way better with, to, to, to use his running. I think it will make his running ability even better. But I, I just, man, it, it's tough. Talking with Jake Crane from Crane and Company here on the uh, on the Tuesday edition of the drive and and yeah that that's something I mean I wonder Jake if we're on we're on the verge of another another stunningly busy period in the transfer portal right like if that's just going to be the oh, norm yeah, that's sure. the norm in December now is that there is a frenzy of activity as players. Uh, from the group of five, decide to go, uh, you know, try their luck at the major conference level. Even major conference quarterbacks. Oh yeah, I mean, who, with the Cam Ward stuff, I'd I'd love for please, it to be more like please. like you know professional free agency when we're seeing what the offers are out there for these guys. How about, how about this is a question, Jake? For folks who didn't watch a ton of Washington State football this year, why is Cam Ward seemingly such an in demand? quarterback if he decides to go into the transfer portal with one year of eligibility left because he can do both the best that's that's why compared to anybody else that's out there right now i mean he is he's perfect for this rpo style offense and he can actually throw it it's not just like all right can you throw to get us through it 
he can actually spin it. People need to understand Washington State's offensive line was awful. Absolutely awful. If you give Cam Ward, and if Auburn's able to bring in some of these young guys at receiver, we saw Javarius Johnson step up. We'll see what happens in the transfer portal of that position. But that's a huge thing, too. Because mm-hmm. if you get Cam Ward, now all of a sudden all of these big-time receivers in the transfer portal want to go to Auburn because they know he's a really good player and he can legitimately run the ball. Uh, he's, he's a perfect fit for this offense. The simple answer is he's the best at both. Yeah, well, you know, folk, folks wondered a couple of years ago what was the big deal about him from this little bitty incarnate word school. Yeah, he's uh, – yeah. He's, this he's time, la- this time last year, when he was in the portal, and everybody was yeah. like, "Well, there's the kid from the kid from Incarnate Word knows what he's doing," and uh, and, and yeah, sure enough, he's uh, he's played pretty well in his first year at the uh, at the at the D one level. No, look, he's I mean, he's he's a really good player. He can he can do it. I mean, Washington State started out six and zero, then had a couple injuries up front, and it just decimated him, and it kind of fell off a cliff. But he uh, he has special performances against really good teams too. That's another thing. He's a guy that that plays well. When the moment he would not be shell shocked by anything coming and playing at Jordan Hare or, or anything like that. I mean, I think he he would be the perfect fit, right? With what's out there right now, unless somebody's going to get in there. And I like Grayson McCall, right? Grayson McCall can't make it to a season without getting hurt. Mm-hmm. See, people people are forgetting about that. Uh, I think Cam Ward, he's he's option A. Oh yeah, he would be for a lot of teams. Already seen some uh, some posts linking him with. Miami, Ohio State, A and M, Washington, as well as Auburn. So, yeah, every everybody would be very, very interested in in Cam Ward. You want you want to uh, J- Jake? I mean, we can break down the games this weekend, but I kind of I'm curious as to really want to get his thoughts on on that uh, SEC title. Yeah, game. Well, let's let's start there. What, what what are you thinking Saturday in Atlanta, uh, SEC championship game, last one of the division era uh, with uh, with Alabama and Georgia? Well, you know, for Bama defensively, you don't really have to worry about the quarterback running the ball, which takes a huge variable out of it. But Georgia's really good on the offensive line. My question is, Georgia defensively, I think Alabama's going to have more quarterback design runs than they have all year. You can't hold anything back. Georgia has struggled with teams Mm -hmm. that have quarterbacks that are mobile. We've pretty much seen it every time, and you're going to because you have to defend more. That's how it works. I think they're going to really lean – on that quarterback run game, because Georgia's strength in reality is really in their secondary when you look at it. Not that they're bad in the front seven by any stretch of the imagination, but they don't run sideline to sideline as well as the past two defenses, but they're still elite. Now, I, I am interested to see if they are able to stop Alabama's you know, run with the running back. That's how you stop it. It's just like the triple option. If you're able to stop the running back and make Milroe have to beat you on third and seven and third and eight, I think Georgia's good enough up front to not only get to him, but get him down in pass rush situations. Six points is a lot. I just feel like this Georgia offense is basically unstoppable, man. I mean, their versatility is off the charts. They rested some guys last week. Uh, I like Georgia to win it. What's the scenario that gets both Alabama and Georgia into the college football playoff? Well, that is, oh, is, it would be it would Manning. be a, hold on so well, if, ba- if Bama have to win, if Bama yeah, right. wins I think it would be a Bama win you need to, you need and you need, a, you need a Florida State loss a Florida yep. State loss and a Texas loss I think and, and then a, you and then need a Florida State loss and a Texas loss see the problem is if you're even if you're Georgia when you get that one loss and all of a sudden you look at your schedule mm-hmm. against Ohio State schedule right then that 
I think there's a better case for Ohio State mm. getting in than Georgia because they'd have, you know, in my opinion, a better loss. But uh, to, for both of them to get in, I I'm mean, thinking. Florida I'm thinking State that's it. I think if, if Florida, if Florida State yeah. and Texas both lost on Saturday, I think you would have the Pac-12 champion. Assuming that, assuming that Michigan wins, uh, I, I think you would have the Pac-12 champion. You would have Michigan, and I think you'd have two SEC teams. I think. So you I th- think if Washington lost to Oregon, then they would leave Washington out and put Alabama and Georgia in. They would leave Washington and Ohio State out. And put Alabama and Georgia in. I suspect that's what happens. I do. If 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 Texas Boy, now now, te- now Texas is a, people that happens. Texas is a seven. Texas is a seventeen point favorite. You know, so I mean that the Oklahoma State upset would be would be pretty shocking. Well, look, if Florida State wins and Washington wins, it's over. Doesn't matter. Like there's the four. In my opinion, how about, like, there's no way you can keep an undefeated Florida State team out. How about this, Jake? If if you get Washington, uh, you get Washington, Michigan, and Florida State winning. They're all thirteen and zero conference champions. Can't keep any of those out. If Bama beats no. Georgia and Texas mm-hmm. beats Oklahoma State, you would have twelve and one. Te- you would have twelve and one Bama. Put Texas in. Twelve and one Texas, Texas should and twelve and one Georgia. Are well, you? I mean, are Texas you, is ranked uh, ranked ahead of them anyway. I mean, even with the win. I yeah, they ranked Georgia, ahead of them. But head to head's got to matter. But would Bama's would Bama's win over would Bama's win over number one Georgia? Would would, Trump, would that would that Trump also that early season loss in Tuscaloosa? That's where they didn't lose head to head yet. But the the first and at home tiebreaker should be head to head. Yes, and and it was in Tuscaloosa as well. So yeah, and you won by but, double digits. Like you can't just say that the beginning of the regular season doesn't matter. Like no, but sometimes they do. Sometimes I they mean, do say I, that. I don't think we've what. ever seen a case where they've kept a team that's head-to-head winning though out when everything else is equal, right? I think we would I be mean, in. I think we'd be in somewhat uncharted territory. I, yep, I forget. I, I forget if there was there wasn't a head-to-head. You couldn't have gone head-to-head with Baylor and TCU and Ohio State back in fifteen, right? There wasn't, or back in back in fourteen. No, like, it, it's, it's. I don't think they can let that happen because then then. You open up Pandora's box. You want to talk about watering down the regular season? Let head-to-head not matter anymore. Yeah. Now, I, I just I have this I have this sinking feeling that a twelve and one Bama team isn't getting left out if they beat Georgia this weekend. But I well, mean, look, you're, I mean, they got you know they left Bryce Young and that team out last year with TCU. It's look, Alabama needs Texas to lose. That's just the truth. If Texas doesn't lose, it has to be a crazy scenario for Alabama to get in. But, I mean, honestly, they just need to try and beat Georgia because I that, that in itself. Yeah, that's the oh, first I, thing they have yeah, to do. They don't need to worry about being left out yeah. until they win. Yeah, if you're, I th- see, now, I've, I think if you're Alabama rooting for an upset this weekend, it's Louisville. I think because a Florida State loss opens a door for, for Alabama to get in at 12-1 mm-hmm. uh, in, instead of instead of 12-1 Florida State. And that, that feels – Louisville beating Florida State well, feels more – Yeah, well, you better hope Texas gets in then because if it comes down to that last spot, I don't think they're getting in over Texas. Oh, no, I, I think you would have uh, Bama, Pac-12 champion, Michigan, and Texas, I think would be your four mm. teams in that scenario if Florida State loses to Louisville. So, and, so you don't think Oregon would be in? Oh, you no, he Pac-12. said Pac-12. Yeah, I think champion. the, cha- the yeah. champion in that one. I, I don't think 12-1 and one Washington's yeah. getting in. No, I don't think so either. Well, I don't think so either. So Florida, Florida State could be the swing for uh, for, for Bama. Jake, appreciate it. Great yeah, stuff. Let, let, yeah, let, let's pull for just uh, complete craziness this weekend. That, that's that's what I'm that's what I'm hoping for. It's probably going to happen. Jake, uh, let everybody know how they can uh, keep up with everything you got going. Definitely, it's easy. Uh, go to YouTube. It's Crane and Company. C R A I N uh, and Company. We go live each weekday morning. Uh, we're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify as well. You can find it there. Uh, have live calls, live chat, talk a lot of Auburn. 
Uh, stay strong. Coach Reese, he's the man for the job. He's going he's gonna to get it done. But I uh, appreciate y'all and hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving. Absolutely. You too, Jake. Thanks a lot. All we right, need, man. need to get to our final break. Stick with us here on The Drive. 